Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, the team was back in pads at practice on Monday, but this was not a normal practice for the Titans. They took an incredibly unique approach to Monday's practice in an attempt to deal with the lack of normalcy this offseason. I will talk about that and give you some of the major takeaways from this very unique practice that the Titans went through on Monday to start out our show, and then we will hear from some of the Titans coaches a great opportunity after this unique practice to hear some of their thoughts and we will do some sounds of the Titans hearing from head coach Mike Rabel, offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, and in my opinion defensive coordinator Shane Bowen. So we will get some good updates from them as well but like I said a very unique practice for the Titans that we need to cover today and I am going to be covering everything through training camp and going Monday through Friday throughout the rest of the season, so make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast on Apple Podcasts, following on Spotify, or whatever platform you do stream. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans as well, for schedule updates, additional content, including my Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns that will be running weekly throughout the season. So, very excited to dive into this incredibly unique Titans practice on the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. No preseason games and not the normal amount of time that you would typically have to practice in training camp. The Titans coaching staff and coaching staffs all around the NFL have to get creative in this training camp to simulate game day experiences and simulate the physicality of a preseason game so that they can properly evaluate the back end of the roster. And as we get closer and closer to the regular season and closer and closer to roster cut day, these coaching staffs need to ramp up the opportunities that they have to evaluate those guys on the roster bubble and some of the core special teams players that will be making a big impact come week one. And one of the ways that the Titans coaching staff has decided to do that saw them take a unique approach on Monday. And that approach was sitting down 21 of their veteran players or their highly drafted rookies. And one of the reasons that they did this was so that they could get a better look at the back end of the roster and also increase the physicality of practice without risking the health of some of their core players. So let's take a look at the Titans who sat out the practice on Monday, and that included Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, Taylor Lewan, A.J. Brown, Adam Humphreys, Malcolm Butler, Christian Fulton, Kevin Byard, Jonathan Joseph, Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, Harold Landry, Ben Jones, Dennis Kelly, Isaiah Wilson, Jonu Smith, Corey Davis, Daquan Jones, and Jeffrey Simmons. Monday's practice actually saw the return of Roger Saffold, who had missed three practices before that, but he was limited throughout practice and didn't participate in the entire day. So good to see Saffold back out on the field, even if in limited duty in this physical practice. Also, Monday's practice did not see any signs of Darrington Evans, who had somewhat of an injury during Friday's practice. Also, we saw Dane Crookshank out for a second day in a 
row. Adoree Jackson, Kenny Vaccaro, Kamale Correa, and Nate Davis were also limited during practice. They did participate during certain portions, but eventually were out of the physical team portions and special teams portions of the day. So moving away from the players who were out of the practice into the players who did participate in the practice and some of the major takeaways there. So first off, as mentioned, the Titans really increased the physicality of Monday's practice in part because they didn't have to risk the health of some of their key players like I mentioned before, but also because you need to put some of the players on the back end of the roster in these physical situations to see who can really get the job done when it's time to play games and because of that heavy contact opportunity the Titans took full advantage they had one-on-one they had seven-on-seven drills they had 11 versus 11 and they did special teams practice as well looking at some of the performances during those portions of practice Trevor Simeon pulled in as a veteran quarterback in the middle of training camp to compete for a backup spot. He did throw two interceptions on the day, one to Ibrahim Campbell in one-on-ones and one to Joshua Kalou in team period. On the other side, Logan Woodside, who's his competition, actually fumbled twice due to botched snaps or botched exchanges during team period. Some standouts were Cameron Batson, although he did leave practice early with what appeared to be an injury. There was a one-on-one tackling drill where he ran over safety Joshua Kalu. Kalu asked to go again and then Batson gave him another taste of the same medicine. Corey Blossom game who has played fullback for the Titans got a major opportunity at running back with no Darrington Evans and no Derrick Henry and he impressed in his carries. Jack Crawford the defensive lineman who just was taken off the COVID-19 list has been impressing in practice with his length and penetration on the defensive side of the ball and then at the kicker spot that we continue to monitor. Greg Joseph was 4 for 5 bringing his total throughout training camp to 28 of 31 on field goals and then Tucker McCann, the undrafted free agent for a second practice in a row, was 5 for 5 in his field goal attempts including one off of the uprights that bounced in he is 27 for 30 throughout training camp And before we jump into sounds of the Titans with some of the Titans coaching staff, do want to update you guys on two news items for the Tennessee Titans in the last 24 hours. And first was the Titans signing a safety from the Miami Dolphins, well, formerly of the Miami Dolphins, and that is Walt. Akins. Akins was drafted in the fourth round in 2014 by the Miami Dolphins. He spent six seasons with them and racked up 93 tackles in his career, two interceptions. But Akins is more of a special teams ace than anything else. He only played 672 defensive snaps in his six years with the Miami Dolphins, although 103 of them did come last year in 2019, but 444 of them, a large chunk, almost two-thirds of that came in 2015, so throughout his career, he's been primarily used as a special teams player, which is reflected in his special team snap. So his rookie season with the Dolphins in 2014, he played 228 special team snaps. That was 51. But since then, he's never dipped below 73% 
of the special team snaps for the Dolphins, going as high as 86% of their special team snaps in 2017, 77% of their snaps on special teams last year in 2019. So Aikens will compete for a roster spot as a special teams ace and also as somebody who does have a little bit of experience actually helping on the defense. I expect him to push people like Joshua Kalu and also someone like Ibrahim Campbell for a roster spot with the Titans. And then also... And what's pretty exciting news and uh, news that will bring a smile to your face if you're uh, someone who has been following the Titans for for some time now, and that is that they are working out linebacker Will Compton. So, of course, Will Compton played for the Titans in 2018, but he's most known for the Bussin' with the Boys podcast that he does with Taylor Lewan, one of those guys who wasn't a Titan for very long, but is a beloved Titan to a lot of people because of his personality and uh, the relationships that he formed while he was here in Nashville. So that's exciting news. Whether or not Will Compton actually has a chance to make the team, I can't say for certain. We'll have to see if the Titans actually give him an opportunity and sign him, but just nice to see his name attached to the Titans in any way. One other thing that's really nice to see is when you open up the DoorDash app after you've placed an order and you see that your dasher is now on their way with your food, and I may be speaking from experience. I may, in fact, be speaking about something I'm experiencing right now. And why not use DoorDash? They have everything you could ever want. You want Chinese? There. You want pizza? There. You want Froyo? You have that opportunity. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. And it's a great opportunity to try out DoorDash as well. It gives you a chance to help out your local restaurants, help out your local neighbors who are DoorDash drivers. Also help yourself by staying at home, staying safe, and keeping your belly happy with some of your favorite You have counted on restaurants before, and now they're counting on you. So make sure you check out DoorDash, and the DoorDash app is super easy to use as well. You just pop open the app. All of the restaurants in your area are right there on a list. You choose which restaurant you want. The menus are really easy to read, easy to navigate. Pick what food you want, and it'll be left safely right outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off settings. DoorDash has over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. They have go-tos like your favorite local restaurants and big national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and even the Cheesecake Factory. So make sure that you check out DoorDash now, and if you do, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order over $15 when you download the DoorDash app now and enter promo code LOCKED. On. Once again, that's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and use code LOCKED ON. Don't forget, that's promo code LOCKED ON for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. With the increasing number of different makes and different models out there, it's basically impossible to keep stock of all of the parts that you would need for all the different kinds of cars at a chain front store. So why would you ever go there, deal with the limited amount of stock that they have, and also have the opportunity to get a different price based on whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or an actual professional mechanic. That's just not the way it should be. And it'll never be that way at Rock 
rockauto.com and you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. The best part about Rock Auto too is it's a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com, shop for any auto or body part that you would need for your car from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet if you need that for your classic or your daily. Doesn't matter. You can get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is super unique. It's really easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your vehicle choose which brand you need, the specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. Best of all, rockauto.com always has reliably low prices, and they're the same for everybody from professionals to do-it-yourselfers. So why spend twice as much for the same exact auto parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure that when you check out underneath your shipping address, you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's dive into some talk of the Titans, and we are going to start with head coach Mike Vrabel, audio courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com, but we talked about that unique practice to start off today's show, so we are going to start off hearing from Mike Vrabel and hearing his thoughts about that unique practice, why he gave the veterans the day off. Yeah, a little bit. I, just when I go through in my mind, and you know, we've had a lot of those players that, that weren't out there today since the 23rd. And, and they've been out there every single day. They, they've done everything that we've asked them to do. You know, guys like Corey and AJ and Rashawn, uh, Jayon, Ben Jones, um, uh, Amani Hooker. Uh, th- those players have been, and I know Amani practiced today, but those players that I mentioned, they've been with us since the 23rd and they've been, you know, taking a lot of reps and they take a lot of reps for us during the season. So I just felt like this was a good time uh, to kind of reset that thing and, uh, you know, see where everybody else was and give those other guys a chance to be evaluated and and really see what we could do when we put the ball down and, and, and work through some, you know, first, second and third down situations. Now, talking about the players that sat out today, I gave the list earlier in the show, brings us to the question of those players that sat out what exactly did they do during this time if they're not out on the practice field taking at the minimum mental reps? And Rabel said that basically it's a combination of film study, hitting the weights, doing some work in the pool to you know continue with cardiovascular and, and strengthening, also some non-impact conditioning to help out with, with those things as well, physical fitness. So it's not like those guys are doing nothing and aren't at the building, but they aren't out taking mental reps on the field either, so it looks like it's really a re set day for those guys that were given the day off. Mike Vrabel wanted to commit to giving those guys a, a little bit of a chance to rest up. And one of the guys who we did give a chance to rest up to was Corey Davis. And since coming off of the PUP, Corey Davis has been impressive according to reports coming out of Titans training camp. So what is Mike Vrabel's thoughts on Corey Davis so far? And what does he think he can tr- contribute to the team? 
I think it just continuing to, um, you know, he's, he's, I would say he's our best blocking wide receiver. I mean, he, he takes pride in it. And, and again, for us to be able to run the football, um, the receivers are going to have to block. Corey takes a lot of pride in it. He's physical. He's a good blocker. Um, he's not out of control. He goes down there, rarely penalized in the run game, which sometimes you'll see receivers that just grab guys and as they get jerked, you know, will hold. That's not, that hasn't been the case with Corey. Um, and, and then I've really liked where he's been these last couple of days of just improvement and details, his, his speed into routes, um, identifying, you know, match coverage or, or zone coverage. And um, I think he, I think he's improved. I think he's improved in, the, in just a short amount of time that he's been out there. So, you know, that's all we can ask of him. And I think it's fair from Mike Vrabel to say that's all you can ask of Corey Davis. But I do have to say that when you ask a coach uh, about what he likes about a wide receiver and the first thing that he talks about is his blocking, that's concerning. I I wanted Corey Davis to be a top five draft pick superstar at wide receiver as bad as anybody, and he just hasn't. So I'm hoping that he does have a breakout season, but even then, can the Titans afford to keep him around if he does? Um, want nothing but the best for Corey Davis, especially coming up in, in this season and hope that he helps the Titans win. But I don't know, just something that, uh, kind of bothers me about the conversation around Corey Davis is the number one asset that he has seems to be his blocking. And, and while that's important, um, I, I want a little bit more out of my top five overall draft pick. But speaking of wide receivers blocking, that is super important to the Titans more than a regular NFL team because of their reliance on the run game and play action. So it is important to have wide receivers that block down the field. It is part of the identity of the team. And speaking of team identity, Mike Vrabel talks a little bit about that and what he thinks the identity of the team should be going forward. So I think that when you look at identifying what your identity is, I I think that it's got to be for us complementary in in all three phases. I think there were times, and again, we we don't talk necessarily about our efforts last year and think that that'll carry over good or bad. But I think you can always just look at some history and say that there were different times at the season that that the offense is going to be functioning at a high level or maybe the defense is functioning at a high level. Um, but you have to find the times where, where you're functioning on all three cylinders. So I, I don't think we want to be a team that just relies on one phase of our, of our team. And so, you know, we have to keep practicing against the, I think there's some great competitions, you know, when you look at, um, you, you know, let's say like AJ and, and, and Malcolm or, or Taylor and, and, um, and Harold on the edge, or, you know, maybe KB Garden, um, Janu, and just across the board, I think that, those guys understand how to practice. They understand that they have to use these practice reps uh, to push each other to, to get themselves ready and get our team ready for, for the season. And I like that Vrabel pointed out that they want to be a complementary football team. And that's something that the Titans, since John Robinson took over, have obviously focused on. And I think it's become hyper-focused with the hiring of Mike Vrabel as the head coach. The Titans have had special team specific 
ace players for the last three seasons now that they've really focused on bringing guys on and, and having guys who are dedicated to special teams. It shows the seriousness that the Titans have about all three phases of the football. So I appreciate hearing that. And that has to factor in when it comes to deciding on the roster as well. How many special teams only players can the Titans really afford to keep? Mike Vrabel talks about that and gives a very interesting look at a certain position group and how they may bring on an extra guy than they typically would. Um, you know, traditionally it's just been how much of an impact those guys have made. Um, we, we'd always like them to be able to play another position and, you know, or back up a couple spots. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think this year being able to, to get 48 to the game, you know, may, may help and may impact that John uh, with one of those guys being the eighth offensive lineman. Uh, that traditionally you, you would carry seven on a 46-man roster. So that that may have something to do with it. Uh, you could, you know, that would be another place to, to gain a spot maybe. So what Mike Vrabel is talking about right there when he says 48, typically in previous seasons, obviously it's changed throughout time, but last season it was 46 players that you can have active on game day actually dressed. We always talk about the 53-man roster, but on game day you could only have 46 players actually dressed up that could play in the game. That's been increased to 48 this year. Obviously they're trying to give teams more flexibility to deal with COVID-19 and the issues that could arise from that, but... He gives us a great window into how they're looking at that. The two extra spots, one is going to be for an extra offensive lineman. He even mentioned it, eight offensive linemen there. So that's something to take note. But also mentioned that that extra spot that remains, the 48th spot, does maybe give you a more of an opportunity to have a special teams only guy there, an extra player who can just help, which frees up somebody else who played special teams more before to focus more on their position. So it has a domino effect, but very interesting there, but that's going to do it for the highlights from Mike Vrabel's press conference from Monday after this Titans unique practice. We're going to hear more about the unique practice from Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith coming up, but before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you just spend eight hours a day in a super uncomfortable office chair. Everybody needs support to make it through their day. And luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for your muscles and joints and a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. I really like the easy-to-use roller. I have lower back issues. I have hamstring issues, and using the roller makes it really easy to not only apply the CBD Freeze, but also apply a little bit of pressure which feels pretty good as well. And then you combine that with the CBD Recover, which combines CBD with an inflammation-fighting compound like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need most when it matters the most. And to make it even easier to try out this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they are offering 
all listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code locked on NFL at checkout. Once again, that is CBDMD.com, promo code locked on NFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Let's continue talk of the Titans and hear from the top offensive and top defensive coach on the Titans staff. And we are going to start with offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. And Arthur had quite a bit to say about some of the players on the offensive side of the ball. And he started off by saying rookie running back Darrington Evans just needs a lot more reps, especially in pass protection. That rookie Isaiah Wilson has really just been a typical rookie. And I thought that was, uh, although it was a very mild quote and seemed like kind of a throwaway quote, it's obvious that Isaiah Wilson isn't necessarily taking the opportunity by the horns and to beat out Dennis Kelly for the right tackle position if he's just been a typical rookie. And then he did make comments about the recently cut draft pick Cole McDonald at quarterback. And I did make note that he mentioned, you know, he had a throwing motion that had to work on and he came from a very foreign offense in college. And to me, that kind of translates to the mechanics of his throwing motion weren't progressing quickly enough and he wasn't necessarily picking up the offense as fast as you would like. So those are some of the the takeaways that I didn't necessarily think the quotes were that interesting, but it was somewhat of interesting information for Arthur Smith to give us. But one thing that Arthur Smith did have to say was about the practice that the Titans had on Monday, the unique practice of having most of the veteran starters sit and having the young guys get more opportunity. What was Arthur Smith's view of this kind of unique practice? Yeah, it really helps, especially when you have uh, those call-up periods. You know, it's the best you can simulate to put them in some stressful situations that you may not get because of the preseason games. So you're trying to make it as real as possible or they, they got to hear the call and get lined up and, and rescue themselves out there. I will say rescue themselves out there is quite the quote from Arthur Smith. That's what really drew me to that statement from him. I like how he's saying, hey, you know, at some point we have to see how these guys are going to react in real game situations when we make a play call or make an adjustment, things like that. So that's why this practice was so unique and so important for the Titans. And one of the guys who it was most important for was Trevor Simeon, who's still trying to get acclimated to the Titans playbook and the Titans system. And this is what Arthur Smith had to say about Trevor Simeon so far? It just depends on the guy. I mean, Trevor, Trevor's been in a few systems. He's got some familiarity with what we're trying to do here. Um, and so he, he understands how the profession works and, and what it takes to play the, play the position. So when he comes in here, I mean, it's, he is uh, drinking from a fire hose, so to speak. You know, he, he, we catch him up on the installs and then he's got his pra- plays in practice and you just you prepare him as quick as we can. I mean, these are the things that happen sometimes of, I know in, you know, 2014 and we were getting late in the season and we had multiple guys that come in, you know, on a Thursday night game. I mean, so you, you have to adjust in this league. More on Simeon, Smith talks about how his experience in similar offenses can help him now with the Titans. Yeah, certainly. It certainly helps if you just have recall. I mean, you may not call things the exact same 
Uh, but there's there's quicker recall. He, he's got a base. All right, I've run something similar to this in the past. Okay, we called it here in Denver. And it just helps his learning. It, it, it speeds up the learning process and what we're trying to get accomplished. And that's the advantage you have as a veteran and the guy's played in multiple systems. And then for today, uh, same thing with the rookies. It, it just allows them to go out there and operate, get the call in the huddle, command the huddle, get them lined up and, and get us into the right uh, play and handle all of our operations. And while Trevor Simeon is new to calling some of the Titans' offensive plays, on the defensive side of the ball, defensive coordinator, pseudo-defensive coordinator, I should say, Shane Bowen is getting used to calling those plays from a coaching perspective as well. Of course, Shane Bowen called all 56 unscripted defensive plays on Friday, but he also called the unscripted period of Titans practice on Monday as well. So, Shane Bowen talks about his adjustment to being a play caller. Yeah, I mean, uh, Friday I called it at the stadium. Um, I mean, we had a plan going in, though, as a defensive staff, kind of what we want to work on. And with every play call, there's obviously a bunch of situations that come up throughout the game. Who's in the game for them? What's the down and distance? All that type of stuff. And uh, I mean, we go through it pretty thoroughly as a defensive staff, collaborate collaboratively um, with kind of what we're looking for, what we want what we want run. Um, so, I mean, that's been good for me just in terms of that. And then really at practice right now, other than other than Friday, everything's pretty much been scripted. So we go through that, Braves, myself, the defensive staff. It's the same kind of premise of what we want to see that day. Um, and, and really, I'm just the relay man in terms of getting into those guys right now. So if you take what Bowen had to say there, it's pretty obvious that the play calling, it's most of us think about play calling. There's one person, they got the playbook in front of them. They're like, huh, what should I call? What would work here? But it's much more scientific than that. So the defensive coaches get together all week. They decide second and long, third and long, second and short from this hash mark, from that hash mark in this part of the field. They like to run this. It's much more broken down and specific to down and distance in situation like Bowen was talking about than most of us realize or think about. And I'm even guilty of that at times, making it much more simple, seem much more simple than it actually is. So when you consider how much of the game planning goes into what sets of plays you want to run in certain situations, it's not as much of an uh, a large menu of things that you're choosing from sh- from Shane Bowen's perspective. So the collaboration with his other coaches and Mike Vrabel on the defensive side of the ball throughout the week gives him a set number of options or at least a, a general guideline of what would work in certain situations. So it's not like he's just flipping through an encyclopedia of plays looking for the right one mentally each play. He has a, an idea of what section and what chapter to be in based on what the down and distance and the situation is in the game. So I thought that was pretty insightful from Shane Bowen. And then ultimately from a personal standpoint, is he enjoying the the new responsibility of play calling? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I felt felt comfortable up there doing it. Um, I mean, I've done it before in practice at times in a couple preseason games. So I've had experience doing it. But, uh, I mean, anytime anytime, uh, you take on a somewhat of a – a new role in a in a in that situation where I've just been next to Dean or doing the personnel or whatever it might be, like it's, it's just something something a little bit new for me. But I mean, I felt comfortable. Again, I got a, a there's a great defensive staff here in terms of our collaboration and our plan and what we're trying to get accomplished. 
Um, so going in, and there's great guys to kind of lean off of. Obviously, Jim's done it a really long time, too. So, I mean, just it was good. It was good. It's obvious that Shane is trying to be humble there and not make more of it than it needs to be. But, you know, I'm happy for him. And anytime you get additional responsibilities at work, you get a promotion of any kind, an added responsibility. While there is additional stress that comes with that, it can be very fulfilling and very exciting to get the opportunity to kind of flex your skills or show your skills in a different way than you had been asked to before. But the last thing we are going to hear from Shane Bowen's press conference here is him going over his playoff experience but he drops a little bit of a nugget at the end of his comments that I think is kind of interesting as well and more into the the humble nature of Shane Bowen I guess yeah I mean I've it's always been involved obviously in the game planning aspect in terms of what I said earlier with the situations what calls we like in certain situations against different different personnel groups all that um I mean in terms of calling the plays I've done a little bit here and there, Kennesaw State, same type of situation. Um, really just with with practices, scrimmages, some of that type of stuff going on there. Um, I think the main thing, and we'll see where this thing goes. Like, I mean, I'm not dead set on calling plays, just so you guys know. Like, it's, it's a work in progress. We're working through it, me and Mike and everybody. Um, and I think, I think the main thing is just being comfortable and, being able to get in a routine and just staying ahead of the game with it um, as it goes. So obviously right there, Bowen left the door open for someone else to be calling the defensive plays throughout this season, and I think that's just him being humble and not trying to count his chickens before they hatch, and you know, it's probably not something Vrabel has said, hey, you're going to call plays going forward. Vrabel's probably just giving Bowen the opportunity because he thinks that he could be the guy. So like all the players are being evaluated by Mike Vrabel right now, his coaches are being evaluated by him as well. So although things are not set in stone, it would be a shock to me if Shane Bowen wasn't calling the plays for the Titans on defense in 2020. Some other comments from Shane Bowen's press conference that I didn't necessarily feel the need to play the quotes. He talked about what Vic Beasley is doing these days, and since he can't be out on the field getting mental reps in, they've been trying to do walkthroughs with him in the building rather than him just uh, you know looking at it on paper or looking at film. They're actually getting him up in the classroom, having him line up and things like that. But one thing that was noteworthy is Bowen said that they're keeping an eye on the training room just to make sure he's getting in all the you know the treatment that he needs and uh, just another bad sign that Bowen feels the need to say that they're, they have to keep an eye on the training room just to make sure that he's actually doing the rehab. It kind of sounds to me like a guy who wants to get paid to play football without actually having to play and is going to extreme lengths to not actually have to get out on the field. So pretty disappointing to hear that, but hey, that's the bad news. The good news is rookie from last year, DeAndre Walker, has looked incredible. Uh, his length his strength in, in his bottom half or things that Bowen pointed to has been very impressive early on. So uh, a name to keep an eye on there is DeAndre Walker and how he actually performs in the regular season. Maybe the Titans could get another late round steal out of the fifth round like they got from Jayon Brown or not as late being the third round, but Jonu Smith, Kevin Byard, things like that. Maybe uh, Nate Davis, maybe John Robinson found him another fifth round gem to uh, go opposite of Harold Landry. That would be a WTF win 
for my roster roll battle series, but we'll keep an eye on that. But that's going to do it for today's show. We are going to be back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked on Titans podcast, a Wednesday edition. Cannot wait to be back with you guys as we get closer and closer to football. I will be back with you tomorrow, as I just said three times. But uh, as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.